Welcome to Fundamentals of Canadian Law. I'm Matt Shepard. A while back, I wrote Peter Kissick an email with the subject line, Let's Ruin the Holidays Forever. Peter is the creator and instructor of our corporate law course, Law 204-704, and the related module in Law 201-701, Introduction to Canadian Law. He's also a fun guy to explore some weird territory with. What I wanted to talk about with Peter was Santa Claus. Santa is not part of everyone's holiday tradition, but is kind of a cultural figure at this point. And even people that don't have a holiday tradition that involves Santa Claus are probably aware of the deal. Be good, get toys. We threw that idea through a legal lens to see what comes out the other side. This podcast is not legal advice and is being presented for informational purposes only. It's also for audiences that have come to a certain understanding about Santa Claus, so it might not be for younger listeners. Fundamentals of Canadian Law is brought to you by the Queen's Certificate in Law, the only online certificate in law offered by a law faculty in Canada. You can find out more at takelaw.ca. Peter, the holidays are for everyone. We know that. Um, everyone, everyone's got their own takes on the holiday. But today we're going to be looking at a particular Anglo-American phenomenon, uh, which is Santa Claus. And the thing I, I'm, I'm curious about, I want to ask you about is, I have grown up under the understanding that there, there's kind of, there's a promise, there's a compact, there's an idea where if you are a good boy or a good girl, you can write a letter to Santa and Santa will bring you gifts. Mm-hmm. And not knowing that much about the law, but knowing that there's this whole structure of things called contracts that you talk about in your corporate law course, what's going on? I mean, I, spoiler alert, if you have any small children, maybe move them away from the computer. <laughs> we, we might be discussing things about Santa that they may not be aware of yet, but putting that aside, mm-hmm. let's, let's assume that there's a jolly old elf and he lives in the North Pole. And mm-hmm. he will give you gifts if you're a good little boy or a girl, and you write him a letter, and you know, et cetera, et cetera. Is there a contract in there? I'm sensing, Matt, that maybe you had unfulfilled expectations earlier in life, and you need to know whether there might be a lawsuit here. There, I'm just there may curious have been, about that. You know, there was a Starsky and Hutch car. Yeah, in like the late '70s, there mm-hmm. there might be some unresolved issues. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, the statute of limitations is probably passed, <laughs> but let's just. Let's just deal with your core premise here. Right. Can Santa breach a contract? Or put another way, can the child who writes that letter actually form a contract? Well, when I, to to, to get to the sort of the boring part of definitional law, a contract is a set of promises the law will enforce, which is about as circular a definition as you can get, and the law is full of circular definitions. But it, of course, begs the question, okay, what promises are enforceable? So if I say to you, Matt, um, I promise to buy your car for $5,000, and you agree with me, we've each promised to do something. You've promised to give me your car, and I promise to pay you $5,000. That's simple. Okay, yeah. Fair enough. That's easy. Okay. So let's let's say it's uh, little little Matthew is writing to Santa, and Matthew is asking Santa to bring certain gifts, and in return, what are you what are you promising? I'm promising good behavior, I guess. Behavior. I, I say I have 
I have been a good boy all okay. year, and in return, I would like something. Okay, okay. So it's a there's a quid pro quo there, right? Because you wouldn't be good other than if you weren't promised to get some stuff. <laughs> I think we're getting into the cultural premise of Santa, but <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think so. I okay. think I. I think it's not uncommon for children to be on their best behavior the elf on the shelf thing kind of coming up to the holidays right so you would alter how you behave in exchange for the promise of getting things back yes okay i will stop being a terrible child because i want my starskin hutch car i can't imagine you were ever a terrible child but there you go um Generally speaking, when we're talking about contracts, you've got to give up something to get something. That's the essence of a contract. And uh, um, Professor Pratt, one of our illustrious professors here who teaches uh, contract law, I think at our Law 201 course, will often uh, refer to uh, David Hume, the Scottish philosopher, and talk about the parable of the of the uh, rational uh, farmers and why they would actually, why two farmers would actually uh, promise to give uh, something to one another when they don't even know each other. And basically it's mutual benefit. Yeah. Okay. So you promise to be a good boy if Santa brings you stuff. Mm-hmm. Does that benefit Santa? It benefits society. So indirectly okay. benefits Santa because Santa's got to live in the world. Okay. Uh, I guess one thing about contracts are they're referable to specific people and you've got to be promising something to a specific person. Okay. Okay. And so Santa in and of himself does not really benefit from your promise. So that might be difficulty number one with your lawsuit. Okay. Okay. Second thing about contracts are they tend to be looked at as economic events. So these promises have to have value. Now, okay. By value, we have to be able to quantify them. Now, some sage English judge once upon a time said the value could be a mere peppercorn. So um, I promised to wash your car if you give me a peppercorn could be a contract. Okay. Okay. So the, 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 the promises don't have to be of equal value. Okay. Now, is there economic value in Matt being a good boy? Uh, I mean, compared to the con, I, I think there might be an economic lack of value in me being a bad boy in terms of destruction. Fair enough. Although society assumes that you will already fulfill your societal obligations. Okay. So they're not going to assume that you not breaking, well, not breaking stuff, not uh, breaking your civic duties that's not really that's not really the benefit. So the absence of positive behavior or the absence of negative behavior isn't positive behavior that's it's correct. just neutral. It would be like saying if you don't enter into this contract with me I will break my contract with you. That is not a a, a positive benefit the okay. contract law would 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 um, recognize. And this concept that we're talking about here is that the contract law term is consideration. You have to provide consideration to the other party for their promise. So consideration is the exchange of value. Right. It's the it's the bene, it's the uh, price I'm going to pay so that you promise something back. Okay. And it's that you will pay back to me. So again, it can't be to the all of society. It's got to be specifically to Santa, and it has to have some sense semblance of value. Okay. So your case is looking a little bit weaker. Right, because I am not giving something that is of explicit value to Santa just by being a good kid. Correct. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Furthermore, there's a little bit of uncertainty and vagueness about that. 
Let's say that th that could be quantified and given value, and Santa really, really treasured that Matt was going to be good. Right. How would we assess the performance of that promise? Um, how much good do you have to be? Okay. That, that's a great question. I don't know. How, exactly. How, how good is good? Well, so who that's... Does, do my parents decide? Do my siblings, my teachers? And the, really, the only person who can decide that is the other party to the contract. Okay. So again, we have another bit of a difficulty as well. Right. There's an interesting analogy here, if I can digress for a moment. One of the things that I often ask my class is when we're trying to figure out what is and is not uh, a contract. Inevitably, what, what I do is I, I marry off, and I'm using quotes here, two members of my class. Okay. And then, of course, I play around with the facts, and one of them breaks it off with the other one, and I ask the class, did he just... And it's always a guy. Did he um, did he just break that contract? Right. He proposed to this person. He or she accepted that, and then before the wedding, he calls it off. Is that a breach of contract? And you get all sorts of twisted logic about why this is or is not. But one of the things that the law says is how can we perform or how can we assess the performance of that promise? That promise is just so vague. What would be a good performance of that being a good spouse okay and so there are certain things where the courts say you know what we just don't want to have anything to do with that that is just too vague that's sort of a social policy issue that the law shouldn't even think about so the a marriage proposal and acceptance is just not it's considered to be uh, a legal contract okay and in the same vein a child's promise to santa is not a legal contract exactly hey it's matt Happy holidays. If you want to give yourself a pretty cool gift, write yourself a coupon, good for one, Certificate in Law. Starting in January, you can register for the Certificate in Law program at takelaw.ca for classes beginning in May. If you just take one course a semester online, you'll have the Certificate in Law from Queen's University, one of the best law schools in the country, by the end of 2021. We offer courses in corporate law, Aboriginal law, intellectual property, workplace law, and more. No matter what you're doing in life, you can get a deeper, richer understanding of how the law affects you as a citizen and as a professional through our program. Sign up in January and start your legal learning journey this spring. Lots more information is available at takelaw.ca. Now, just just to just to play around with the idea a bit more, sure. Um, I, I did take Law Two Hundred One and Professor Pratt's module in contract mm -hmm. law, and he talks a bit about the, this case called Carbolic Smoke Ball, mm -hmm. where a company takes out an ad and it promises that it'll basically give people an X amount of dollars if they get sick after using their mm -hmm. product, and someone takes the court, yada yada. But one of the things that came through from that is kind of this idea of a unilateral contract mm -hmm. that you can mm -hmm. you can broadcast something out into the world saying, we will do X if you do Y. Mm -hmm. So is there another angle on this sure. where Santa, through songs and movies and television and books, is putting out into the universe through his magical powers, he's putting out a contract that says, mm -hmm. if you perform some sort of arbitrary act of goodness, I will reward you with right. a gift. Right. Is there a unilateral contract sure. idea there? Possibly. Um, I still don't think 
it's uh, firm enough for us to actually acknowledge it as a firm offer. The notion of yeah, the notion of a of a unilateral contract is there is a very firm set of conditions that I, or a firm offer that I set out. If you do X, Y, and Z, then I will do A, B, and C. Okay. Okay. And I don't think we actually have that here in the carbolic smokeball case, which uh, you know makes me feel nostalgic because I think it was the second case I studied in law school right. all those decades ago. Um, in the carbolic smokeball case, the company advertised this product saying that if you take use our smokeball that was supposed to prevent illness and you um, contracted one of these illnesses, we would give you 100 pounds. Right. So there was a very easy to define set of principles there in that offer. Okay. Now, the notion of a unilateral contract is you make an offer. I don't have to accept it, but by fully performing the obligations that in your offer, I have accepted it by my actions. So to analogize to our specific case, Santa says uh, or implies or maybe blatantly says, if you behave well, I will give you toys. Right. And right. he's saying that all the time. Right. And that, and yes, and every movie we've ever seen seems to suggest that, right? But again, we're back to the, well, how, how better is better? Right. Okay. Uh, and, and so that is just, again, such a vague set of terms that I don't think we could possibly suggest that that, is, uh, that, that would amount to a firm offer. I, I feel like we are moving sideways into a parenting strategy which is having Santa write back and say, these are the duties I need you to perform in order to execute on there this contract. There you go. There you go, exactly. If you wash the car, mop the kitchen floor, do the dishes, brush your teeth, and go to bed on time for a month, I will in exchange. No, no that's a contract. Matt, where were you 15 years ago when my kids were small? I'm writing letters to Santa. telling you, I got I to gotta go out and find some kids. Y- you know what? There's, you've morphed into a now a, a parenting podcast. There this we go. This is wonderful. Ex- excellent. Um, so I, I think we've pretty much, I mean, there's sort of a, there's a whole other element to this where according to some of the movies and some of the stuff, Santa exists because children believe in him. It's a real Tinkerbell situation. So that does cast a different shade on it where Santa actually requires the children to believe in order to just continue being Santa. Right. But I feel like we're getting into a law and theology intersection that might be too muddy <laughs> to weigh into right now. But but you but you are right. If I think that the takeaway from this, if we want to talk about Santa or anything else, is that if you actually want somebody to do something specific for you, right. you have to promise them something specific in return and both parties should know what those specifics are right. in advance. Uh, I guess the last sort of territory we can cover in, in terms of contract law and Santa is the idea of reliance. Right. That, um, right. Good. You can, you can make a contract kind of inadvertently by having mm. someone become reliant on you to right. perform something. That's correct. Yeah. So a child doing something truly extraordinary on the reliance mm. that they'll be rewarded, that there might be an angle there for the kid, right? right? Yeah. And, and... Still, I hate to disappoint all those children. Ah. We're still you're you're trying hard, and you're coming up with great arguments. You know, I'd probably at least give you an A minus for these, even <laughs> if you may not actually be able to convince any judge. That's that's my gift this holiday. Yeah, there you go. A minus for people. Yeah. Uh, um, the uh, uh, yes, there is this notion of reliance, and I mentioned that uh, contract law is about enforcing um, uh, promises. Right. And generally speaking, the only promises the law will enforce are those that are reciprocated with this notion of consideration. What happens if you make a promise that 
any it's quite clear that the other side would rely on even if they've given you nothing in exchange okay what's known as a gratuitous promise can you give me a for instance sure um matt i promise since i enjoy doing these podcasts so much that i'm going to contribute five thousand dollars a year to queen's law oh sweet forward. okay well, now queen's law there is going to buy a bunch of stuff because yeah, we know exactly. you're going to give us this money this Exa is great perfect now that would be known as a gratuitous promise i have made a pledge but you haven't given me anything in exchange for that pledge it was right. made gratuitously which ordinarily is um not enforceable kind of like me promising to do a, make a uh, give a, do a favor for you okay. okay that's ordinarily not enforceable but if i know that matt is in fact going to rely on that promise and go out and buy a whole bunch of more audiovisual equipment he can say you knew or you ought to have known that i was going to rely on that promise to my detriment and so right. that should now be binding upon you peter okay, okay. now there is some controversy in our law over whether or not you should be entitled to hold me to that promise or sue uh, me for breach of that promise. The Americans take a slightly different approach than the Canadians and the Brits on this, but I think the law is moving to a point where, yeah, I think there might be in the clearest cases, a case that you can make for the breach of that quite clear gratuitous, gratuitous promise where there is what's known as injurious reliance. Okay. Um, but in Santa's case, it still doesn't quite hold water. It pro this is an exception to the rule. Okay. And common law does not like exceptions necessarily unless they're very, very clear cut. And I'm still thinking that, okay, what level of uh, spectacular behavior is actually going to be clear cut? Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, I think so. So again, you're, you're trying hard. Yeah. <laughs> you're coming up with some great arguments, but I think you're getting cut down by the consideration rule. Okay. Uh, the fact that there's got to be value in your promises, that they've got to be clear, and then ordinarily just promising something isn't enough. Okay. But hey, we got some parenting tips. There you go. Excellent. Excellent. Very good. Thanks very much, Peter. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks and happy holidays to Peter Kissick. Contracts are everywhere from your daily cup of coffee to multinational corporations. If you want to learn more about contracts, we have a great module in Law 201701, Introduction to Canadian Law. If you want to dive into corporate law in depth, Peter is the creator and instructor of our corporate law course, Law 204704. You can learn more at takelaw.ca. Fundamentals of Canadian Law is recorded at Queen's University situated on traditional Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee territory. Our theme music is by Megan Hamilton, who's also a staff member here at Queen's Law. You can find out more about her music at meganhamiltonmusic.wordpress.com. Original illustrations for this podcast are by Valerie Desrochers. You can find her work at vdesrochers.com. Thanks for listening.